In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. O God, you are my God, for whom I have been searching earnestly. My soul yearns for you and my body thirsts for you, like the earth when it is parched, arid, and without water. In the beginning of Psalm 63, one of the Psalms of longing, indeed, God, you are my God. And for whom I've been searching earnestly. We, Lord, we long to see your face. And this retreat gives us a wonderful opportunity to seek out the Lord and to call him God, to recognize him as God, to proclaim him as God. It, a certain simplicity to this first line of Psalm 63, but yet so powerful. Oh God, you are my God. And there's a resistance in many souls to say that. The devil doesn't want to recognize God for who he is. Sin is an impediment to proclaiming God for who he is. And so, Lord, here we are. You are my God. And I want to serve you. I want to get to know you better. I want to love you with all my heart and all my soul and all my might. And a retreat gives us a wonderful opportunity for that, a certain renewal in, in, the, in the book of Revelation. Those powerful words, again, with simplicity, but at the same time with great power, Behold, I make all things new. The context is, of course, the end of time and the eternity of the new Jerusalem. We want to get there. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. In the context of Revelation, of course, these words lead us to think of eternity, the end times, but we can also apply it to the here and now. Pope Benedict XVI, in, well, at the time, Carl Ratzinger, in his interview, his first interview with Peter Sewald in a book called Salt of the Earth, he said, you know, Scripture, we can take it for, for, for what it says to us. 
I mean, we're not personal interpreters of Scripture. We listen to what the church has to say, of course, the magisterium. But, but it's not that the Lord wants to make things all so complicated for us. I mean, there's a certain mystery in a way. We've got to pray and listen. But, but there's also a certain simplicity, he said. And so when we hear, behold, I make all things new, our Lord's saying that, oh, I can apply that to my life on a retreat. I want that to happen. Lord, make me new, renew me. And what a great opportunity this is. Thank the Lord for this weekend of, of, of retreat. Um, blessed Alvaro said, a retreat is a peaceful encounter with the Blessed Trinity. Well, Jesus himself at the Last Supper, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you peace. Lord, we want that peace. Give me that peace. Renew me. A very uh, important weekend, a beautiful weekend, we say, for us here in this wonderful uh, retreat center here in Manhattan. Sort of funny, ironic to go to Manhattan to make a retreat, but uh, it is a very peaceful encounter here with the beautiful oratory and, and, and it's a certain reminder that our Blessed Mother is watching over us, a beautiful painting there. And um, I'd say much more is going to happen here in our souls and We've got all the hoopla that's going to happen out in Las Vegas with the Super Bowl. Also uh, happening this weekend. And don't worry, there won't be all kinds of references to being super or, uh, you know, the, the glory years of the Packers or anything like that. Or, and this will be the only moment in which I utter the words Taylor Swift. Okay, that's, that's finished. Okay, great, wonderful, wonderful entertainer, a great voice and all that. But, uh, you know, we, we have our own, our own plan for this weekend and then we can include the Super Bowl. The retreat ends on Sunday and those who like it, great. Go, go watch the Super Bowl and all part of God's creation, I suppose. But let's, let's thank our Lord for these these hours here of prayer. So again, I think this psalm can be a bit of a theme. I mean, we can each, each one of us make our own theme for the retreat. Uh, but the, the, these, these prayers of Psalm 63 can at least be a good background for our prayer, our conversation with God. Indeed, my soul yearns for you. That's the way of, of Christians. That's the way of the saints. There's longing for the Lord. St. Augustine, he had a great longing for the Lord, even without realizing it. You know his story a bit. He was a bit of a wild man of sorts, a very intelligent, a dualist, and Manichaean. And uh, he came to the faith. And he would write, in his confessions, Lord, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. You have made us for yourself, Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So let, let's allow the Lord to 
to take us in. Let our hearts rest in him in these days of retreat. Now, the only obstacle to that is sin, essentially. God loves us. God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. His love is unconditional. I do not call you servants. I call you friends. Our Lord said to the apostles at the Last Supper, how good God is. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. That's the truth of the matter. Now, we have freedom. And Lord, I want to use my freedom to love you, to love my neighbor, to live the commandment that you, Jesus, quoted essentially from the book of Deuteronomy. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And I I want to live that way, Lord. But I'm free and I can misuse my freedom. Receive that that lamentation of of St. Paul in his letter to the Romans, right? In chapter 7, that could be a little second theme of this first meditation of our retreat. We can all, I suppose, relate to these words of St. Paul. In fact, in a way, he was writing it for each one of us, himself, his own life, but we can all relate. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. <laughs> How often does that happen? I see, I, there, there's the way, there's the, the good thing to do, there's, that, that will make me happy, there's the, the truth of the matter, but I do the opposite. Why is that? I agree that the law is good. So then it is no longer I that do it, but sin which dwells within me. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. He's just speaking from the heart. And again, maybe we can relate to this a bit. I certainly can. I I see the good. I want to do the good, but there's another law in me. I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin, which dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? It's, it's the, 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 well, the fate of fallen man. And indeed, Lord, I see the good. You show me the good. Here I'm on a retreat. I, I know that you are here. I, I believe, Lord, you're in a very beautiful way, ineffable way, present in the tabernacle. With your body, your blood, your soul, your divinity. You love me so much. You've you, you've become bread for me. And yet I drift away at times. I turn my back to you. I, I think of myself. I cave in on myself. And, and I do evil. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? 
But St. Paul doesn't leave it there. He gives us the solution. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's it. We have every reason to rejoice. Sinners that we are, we rejoice. St. Paul rejoices. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here we are. Jesus, I, I want to get to know you better. Jesus, make all things new in my life. Help me to take a, a bit of a step into that new Jerusalem. But now, I want to be with you now, Lord. And within that context, yes, I can rejoice. Just because you love me, because I'm a son of God, and because I'm going to try to live this peaceful encounter with the Blessed Trinity. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let all men know your forbearance. The Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. That's awesome. Almost like St. Paul is giving us some advice for the retreat. Indeed, rejoice. The Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Indeed, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, the life. You are the solution to all my ailments. O oh God, you are my God, for whom I have been searching earnestly. My soul yearns for you, and my body thirsts for you. We all thirst for the Lord. Whether we know it or not, every person thirsts for the Lord. It's, it's in our DNA. It's, it's, it's the law written on our heart. That uh, woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, well, she was thirsting for the Lord without even realizing it. And it's our Lord who helps her to see, to see the way. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. We, all, we, all, we need water. Yeah. Obviously, at the human level, we die without water. But of course, as we'll see in this encounter between Jesus and this woman, our Lord has a, a a spiritual water, a deeper water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Samaria is an area just a bit northwest of Jerusalem. Over the generations, it had um, sort of become a different type of people. There was a mix of the Jewish people and the, and the, and the Gentiles there in that area. And, and there was a certain animosity between the Jews and the, Gen and, and the Samaritans. And so we, we understand her attitude here. She's got a bit of an attitude. You, well, a Jew asking me for a drink? 
Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is speaking to you. It's so easy to just pass by without recognizing God at our side. Jesus loves us. And in our, well, in our hurry, in our hustle, in our bustle, or, or in our concerns, or our desires, uh, we might miss out a bit on our Lord's presence. You know, we, we, we might think we see the, the good, we want to do the good, but we do the opposite. We don't recognize the gift of God. And even when Jesus speaks to her, in this way, she's, she's still at the superficial level here or at the purely material level. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. She's still just thinking of this material water, which is, of course, is to live. We need it. But our Lord is speaking of something much greater here. He wants to give her the living water of life, of grace. He won't force it on us. Again, freedom. We, we, God has given us freedom. And Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. Just all of a sudden, this complete change of topic here, all out of the blue. He says, go call your husband. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Almost a certain sense of, uh, I don't know, bravado here. She's you know, firmness. Of, I have no husband. And she's, you know, she knows who she is. She's, you know, she's got her pride. She, she's... Uh, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and he whom you now have is not your husband. This you said truly. Jesus gets right into her life. What's really, it's at the core of her being in a way, or what's on her mind anyway, it's, it's, it's this baggage sir the woman said i perceive that you are a prophet her whole attitude is changed when our lord gets into her you know into her life that's quite a change from you a jew asking me for water to I perceive that you're a prophet. And then as the conversation continues, she is going to ultimately call him 
the Messiah, the Christ. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will show us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Jesus reveals himself to this woman. He usually doesn't do that. He's always saying to people, no, don't say anything. Don't, but he says straight up, I am he. I am the Christ. So the woman left her water jar and went away into the city and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? There's a new life in her now. She's encountered Christ, yes, the gift of God. She's come to realize who it is that is speaking to her. And Lord, I want that to happen in my life too. And this retreat, Lord, whatever is inside of me, Lord, it might be embarrassing, painful, dark, this woman certainly wasn't, uh, you know, all in for sharing her life with other people. She's hiding it. In fact, commentators say that she goes to the well at an off time. It's only Jesus and this woman who there's a sort of off time to go to the well, so she wouldn't have to be around other people who you know, knew about her past, you know, her five husbands and the guy she's with now, and a bit embarrassing and whatnot. But She's putting on airs of everything's okay. I get through each day okay. I'm just as good as anyone else. But no, that's not the, that, that, that's not the criteria. We don't want to put on airs. Lord, I, I, want, I want to be renewed. Lord, yes, indeed. You can make all things new. My, my soul, Lord, my life, I, renew me. And again, this, this time of prayer, this retreat is a wonderful time for that. And therefore, to really have the sense of, of prayer is a wonderful Catholic prayer here for a retreat. Lord Jesus Christ, you told the apostles to retire to a desert place and rest a while. I'm taking this time to follow your example. Grant that I may obtain all the fruits I can from this retreat. Enable me to make it in union with you, to know myself better and to get closer to you. Help me to listen attentively, to ponder prayerfully, and to speak wisely. Let me emerge from the spiritual renewal as a more committed Christian, better equipped to advance along the path that you have laid out for me. Indeed, I want to, Lord, I want to follow you. I, my, I, there's a journey. Life is a journey. We're all on our journey. The goal is the new Jerusalem, ultimately. But moment by moment, day by day, okay, year by year, I'm, I'm, I think most of you, many of you, all of you perhaps made a retreat last year, or here or again. And okay, great, I make, the journey continues. And, and Lord, I, I want to grow in love for you until, until, until I take my very last breath upon this earth. I want to keep growing in love. 
St. Augustine says, if we ever say, okay, enough, I've made it, well, then we're lost. Uh, life is a, it's this adventure. St. Josemaria looked upon the, the spiritual life as an adventure. And so, and so we can pray with, with those uh, of the Psalm, here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. Our Blessed Mother, that's essentially what she said. And our Lord loves us, the Lord will help us. Put your hope in the Lord, take courage and be strong. From Psalm 26. And yes, when we see that we are weak, that we have uh, darkness, that, uh, you know, that, that we have a predominant fault and we just can't seem to break through. Um, I, have, I have this grudge in this relationship and I'm not willing to, uh, to be humble and to live charity. What, I have this bad habit. Well, our Lord wants to help us. He wants to renew us. And, and, and like the saints, we have to be humble. St. Josemarian beginning a retreat, preaching a retreat. He said to those there, and we can apply these words to ourselves. What are you and I going to do during this retreat? We're going to draw very close to our Lord, to seek him out, as did Peter, so as to hold an intimate conversation with him. Notice that I say conversation, a dialogue between two, face to face, without hiding in anonymity. We need personal prayer, intimacy, direct contact with God our Lord. And, and Peter was there. Peter sought out the Lord. We see that in Mark's first chapter. Jesus goes early in the morning to a quiet place where he prayed to, the, to his Father God. And Peter sought him out and found him. He, Peter and some others said, Lord, everyone is looking for you. Well, good, good for Peter. Went out to look for the Lord. But Peter also sought him out, and it might have been a more difficult moment to seek him out. After that third time, our Lord appeared to them after the resurrection, to that catch of fish. Jesus was on the shore. They didn't recognize him as Jesus. Friends, have you caught anything? No. Put the nets out to the right. And they did, they obeyed, and they had that great catch of 153 fish. And St. John recognizes the Lord, it is the Lord. And, and Peter seeks out the Lord. He, he jumps into the water and goes, gets, gets there first to the Lord. And this is the same Peter who had denied him three times in, in the courtyard during the Lord's passion. After he said to him, I will die with you, Lord. He had fit, but he failed. It, he sinned, it's apostasy in a way. I mean, he sinned to deny the Lord like that. And yet here he is uh, going to the Lord, going to Jesus. It's the first time he'll be alone with Jesus that we know of. Of course, the night of the resurrection, Jesus comes to the upper room. Peter is there with the others. And then a week later, Thomas is also there that time. So this is the third time the Lord appeared to them, and it sounds like it's the first time Peter has a chance to be with our Lord alone. 
And he wants to, he wants that. And, and he, he, so in a certain sense, the first time he can address this denial, the three denials. In fact, they take that walk, we read in St. John's Gospel. They walk, you can imagine them walking, Jesus and Peter alone, walking along the shore there. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, three times. But our Lord is asking us, do you love me? A retreat, do you love me? Well, let's take these, one, these words of St. Josemaria, these wonderful words of advice. What are you and I going to do during this retreat? We're going to draw very close to our Lord, to seek him out as did Peter, to hold an intimate conversation with him. Just like that woman, the Samaritan woman, that was a great conversation, it ended up being a great conversation. Why? Because our Lord really cares about her. He got into her heart and what was bothering her, what's on her mind, her, her, her life is a mess. She puts on the airs of everything being normal, but her life, she's not happy. She's clearly not happy. Our Lord wants to give her joy. He wants to give her living water. He wants her to be able to proclaim, oh God, you are my God, which she pretty much does. Could this be the Christ? This man knows everything about me. That's where we, want to, that's where we need to get to. Oh God, you are my God. And, and, and I am who I am. I see the good that I should do, but I do the opposite. And Lord, you love me all the same how good God is. Well, let's thank him for the mercy that he shows us. And let's count on the help of the saints, well, their example, also their intercession from heaven. Our Blessed Mother Mary in a special way. She's looking down upon us. We are children of Mary. And she wants us to be, to be happy. And the only way we're gonna be truly happy, truly joyful, is when we have that, that, that intimacy with God. The scene of the Annunciation is a very lovely one. How often we have meditated on this. Mary is recollected in prayer. She is using all her senses and her faculties to speak to God. It is in prayer that she comes to know the divine will. And with prayer, she makes it the life of her life. Do not forget the example of the Virgin Mary. Well, these words of St. Josemaria can help us enter into this retreat in silence. You can imagine Mary there in Nazareth alone, praying in silence, no distractions. She's open to what God wants to say to her. Mary, help us to make a good retreat. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.